Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Just one. The late night alternative, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, a weird one tonight, dear listener. Not only is it Friday the 13th, it is a full moon uh, on the show that does not do Brexit. We're going to take calls straight to air, but hold your horses because we've got a really special guest on first that we've been excited about for a little while. Isn't that just one of the greatest pop songs of old. It was, it was pop. I don't know what it is. It's a weird song, but I love that. There's something really theatrical about it, yeah. but you can't deny that it's a foot tapper. It's brilliant. Slightly different version to the one that we normally play. We use it as an unofficial theme to the show, Matt Munro, uh, We're Gonna Change the World. That version was from, geez, man, I remember when this album came out, because I saw it, I think, on Pebble Mill at 1, 24. 25 years ago. Uh, it's Matt Munro singing with his son, Matt Munro Jr., using computer technology because obviously Matt Munro had passed away. And boy, oh boy, I'm thrilled to say, ladies and gentlemen, on the line, it's Matt Munro Jr. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, guys. How are you? <laughs> it's you, mate. I'm over the moon. How are you doing, fella? I'm over the moon because the only reason I'm doing this show is because people thought I'd die. <laughs> I just want to prove I'm alive. <laughs> well, don't die during this interview, Matt. That would look awful for all of us. <laughs> um, listen, that was lovely. That was that. When, when did you do that duets album with Dad? That would have been around eighty-eight. Oh, 89. it was. Was it that far ago? I think so. Oh, flipping it. And I, I do remember you coming on um, something like Pebble Mill at one. And I was like, well, I would have been about 15 then. I was thinking, well, now this is odd. Because obviously I was aware of Matt Munro. I was a big fan of kind of the crooners growing up. I was thinking, well, this is odd. So this guy's son is gonna is done an album singing along with his uh, dead dad's hits but it works it it works really really well how did you come about how did that come about doing that well the show was right by the way it was pebble mill and it was with gloria hannaford there you go i remembered and uh what was weird about that was they had a they had a mix-up the way they the way they were filming it and i actually had to sing the whole song live and then edit me out no um which I can't tell you how many words are in that song to remember. That, it, it was, a, it was a, we got through it anyway. But the reason I did the album, yeah. um, Dad was still very raw uh, when I recorded this album, the whole thing of it. And I wanted something that no one could ever take away from me. And yeah. that was to record with Matt Monroe, which not many people could say they'd done. And I purposely stayed away from the hits. Yeah. I didn't want to do the portraits and the softlies and everything else. Um, and that's what we came up with. Um, to be totally truthful, I wasn't the most competent of singers back then. Um, but it was something, as I said, I wanted to do for myself. And um, thankfully, EMI decided they wanted to take it up on it. When, 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 remind me, what I know it was the early 80s. What year did Dad pass? 85. Oh, OK. So if this was 88, then this was still very fresh. That must have been um, a, a very surreal experience to, to, to be in the studio with him, yeah. so to speak. 
I mean, I could, I could get. The, I mean, it could have been, it could be a couple of years out to be totally truthful. And I mean, I did Opportunity Knocks in '87, right? So, roughly speaking, I think it's around then. Yeah, it was, it was a really strange experience because when we we're in the studios, of course, we're listening to the recordings of Dad, you know, in the studios. And of course, I'm so used to hearing Dad's voice, singing voice, whether it's on the radio or on the record or what have you. But in between takes, you'd hear Dad saying. One more take, son, and it's a oh. break for a cup of tea and stuff like that. And uh, it was very emotional, very emotional, but uh, yeah, I'm very yeah. proud of it. Yeah, no, and, and you do yourself a disservice. I mean, saying you weren't uh, uh, such a good singer then, it's a cracking album. But also, you're going up against Matt Munro, who, you know, everybody is going to... Am I right? Frank Sinatra said Matt was his favourite singer. Yeah, Sinatra rated him as one of the three greatest singers in the world. Wow. Which is one, well, one hell of an accolade. And wow. Some, someone said to me that um, uh, Sinatra once said um, that Matt Monroe was the, the British Sinatra. Um, well, I'd like to think that Sinatra was the American Matt Monroe. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> well played. Um, what was it like growing up with him? Obviously, to you... I guess he was just dad, and then sometimes you turn on the telly and he was there, or he was on the radio. But I'm guessing he was just—it was just like having a dad who has a job. I had no idea who my dad was until we did uh, "This Is Your Life" when really? I was 13 years old. Yeah, um, I knew my dad was on TV. I knew he was a singer, but I didn't know any other job. And then growing up at school, my friends didn't think anything particular of my dad, and uh, my dad could have been an accountant. To yeah. me, he was just did a normal job, but he was dad, and um, he was very homely. Uh, he lived, he lived for show business and lived for being on stage. But yeah. his family were everything, and it was only I couldn't work out as I grew older that everyone seemed to know who my dad was, but I didn't know who their dads were. Right, right. So it became quite strange. And did he bring people? I mean, did, did like I, I, I've got visions of Sammy Davis Jr. popping around for a cup of tea and stuff. Did any of that happen? Yeah, but not so much Sammy. I mean. They, they were best friends, Sammy and my dad. Were um, Wow. And I said a lovely story about Sammy when he flew over for Dad's This Is Your Life. Yeah. Um, they recorded it in front of a live audience. And when they stopped recording, um, my dad and Sammy, literally my dad's musical director, did 45 minutes just off the cuff to the audience. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. But, yeah, Dad's friends who right. came to the house were people like Dave Allen, Sidney James, um, <laughs> Walcombe and Wise, yeah. you know, those sort of people. They were great all, all uh, great friends, all of those people. Uh, you, 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 uh, Matt, you, in that 45-second answer, you've just thrown so much at me. I have to go back. Imagine being in the audience and this is your life. A thrill anyway, always a bit of a gamble, with respect, because sometimes you get an old soldier. Respect to the old soldiers, but you want an entertainer. But then to get a free... Uh, Monroe Davis Jr. improvised 45-minute gig. That's just amazing. And just on piano. Uh, Dad's musical director on piano. Yeah. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I mean, Sammy was my idol, believe it or not, not my dad, because right. my dad was just my dad. Yeah, of course. Um, but Sammy was my idol. So, yes, I was used to seeing him and stuff, but um, I was still in awe of him in many ways. And the time that finished and the time they got back to the green room, I suppose it was about 8.30 at night. Um, and Dad had to appear at the Talk of the Town that night at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So he still had to do a full show as, as well on top of that. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was just amazing, amazing. It really was the whole Well, thing. it's that old school 
work ethic of you, 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 the show must go on is the cliche, but it's true. And you, you, I, I, I've done um, I've done two hours recording. This is your life, and a bit with Sammy. Still got to go and do a couple of hours at the talk of the town tonight. And 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 I bet the audience there would have been none the wiser what he'd been doing previously. No, because Dad didn't mention it on stage to them. You know. How funny. Um, what and you man. talk about show business, God bless him, his, his brother had a heart attack in the wings before Dad went out. Uh, thankfully, he, he, he got through that. But, I mean, this is what people don't understand about people in show business. Dad still had to go out and do the show. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what you do. That's your job. Um, so, were you singing when Dad was around, or did, did that come after he passed? Never sung in my life until one occasion... Uh, back in 1977, just before This Is Your Life, fun enough, mm. my dad was appearing at the Windmill Theatre in Great Yarmouth in summer season. And on the final night, as people were taking their bows, the cast, and my dad would come out and thank the audience for the wonderful summer. Dad, completely unbeknown to me, dragged me up on the stage to sing a song with him, oh, God. Uh, which I'd never done. Um, I was completely in awe, plus my voice was breaking as well, which didn't exactly help. Um, <laughs> And I sang live. We did yesterday, uh, which was a hit for the Beatles, but it was, a, it was my dad's, uh, one of my dad's biggest hits in this country. Yeah. And we did a duet of that, and it was, yeah. I, I always say on stage now, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Was Was that the moment you often hear? You know, comedians talking about being in the school play, and they 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 get a laugh on a line, and and something just clicks, and they go, "Oh, right, that's what it feels like." Yes, I want to do this forever. Was that? Was that a significant moment, do you think, in your career? No. <laughs> oh, OK, there you go. <laughs> it was just a Absolutely. nice thing. I never wanted to be a singer. I was, um, I did, when I left school, I became a banker. I was in, I worked for the National Westminster Bank for about three or four years. And wow. I, my dad, and I only did it because my dad wanted me to get a backbone in, in life in case golf didn't work out. Right. Um, and I gave up golf literally when Dad died. I came back from Florida because that's where I was living. Yeah. And I decided then that, you know, I couldn't go back to golf because Dad was such a large part of my golf life because uh, he was such a rubbish golfer. But <laughs> <laughs> that was where the father-son great relationship happened, you know. Um, and I never did it. And then I just literally um, started doing some after-dinner speaking about cancer research. Mm. And... Uh, some idiot said, will you sing a song? And I said, well, I can't really sing. And he said, well, give us a few bars. And before I knew it, I was doing a song, and then that became three songs, and then five. And before I knew it, it was an Opportunity Knocks. And that's how it started. Who was hosting Opportunity Knocks at that point? My Uncle Bob, Bob Monkhouse. Okay. Oh, well, so I'm assuming he was obviously a family friend as well then, was he? Oh, very, very close. This very, is... very close. Um, and then we did Opportunity Knocks, and I actually went on tour with... Um, Bob for a little while and again that was a real big wake up call because I knew him to sit on his lap as a kid and yeah. you know my uncle Bob and blah 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 and yet when I was his support act when he did his tour he'd walk into a theatre completely blank me for want of a better word uh, because he was preparing for a show and, he, and then afterwards he'd sit me down and said that's what you do if you want to you know be successful in this business this is not about partying or Wow. Talking to people, this is about being prepared to perform at your best. And I learned a great lesson. Well, I, I mean, it's, you're right. To learn from the masters, you know, the, 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 some of the greats from British entertainment is, um, is amazing. But you did it 
you 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 did it for a long time. We had some when we said that you had, we had you come in on the show. We had a few people tweeting us with pictures of uh, you and them backstage from about two or tour from two or three years ago. But have you retired now? I retired last year. I did my final year because um, I've just I've just I didn't realise I've done thirty one years in show business. Wow. Uh, you must be very tired. Fortunate. <laughs> I'm knackered. I'm knackered. <laughs> but, um, and I, I'd, I'd finished, and I always said I was never going to do what these acts do another farewell tour and another farewell tour. Yeah. And I did 46 shows in 54 days. I Mate. mean, it was a big tour. And then someone told me that, and I didn't realize that my dad next year will be 90, mm. if he had still been around, and it will be 60 years from his first ever hit, Portrait of My Love. Mm. So I've been forced to go back and do one more tour. So oh. forced force is too strong a word, but uh, <laughs> I've just I've signed the contract to. Uh, we start on September the oh one year today. Uh, we start one year today. You make uh, it sound like Sinatra was involved. I was forced to go back on tour. <laughs> they made me do one last show. So hang on, you're doing it a year from now. It's it's booked that far in advance, is it? Yeah, we, we've booked the whole tour. That's already done. So, what's, um, what's do you know what have you got? Do you know what the show is? Do, do, what, what, and where you're playing? Is that all sorted yet, or does that come? Yeah, closer? no, no, no. My, my, my opening night is at the Dartford Orchard on uh, one year today, uh, wow. and we finish at, I think the end of October or something like that. We're only doing twenty eight shows. Only you, um, you lightweight, Matt. Only twenty eight. <laughs> come on, man. Um, Brilliant. An offer from Australia to go back out there. Um, but this will 150% be my last. Um, I, I just, I promise you, I've just moved up with my wife. We've just moved from London. Uh, we moved to Scotland last week. Uh, and this is effectively to semi-retire. It's to have a, you know, um, you never know. No one knows in life how long you're going to be around. And uh, no, I'll enjoy my life. Exactly. And I knew that you moved to Scotland. You, you just moved up last week, did you? Last Monday. Oh, well, thank you for talking to us, mate, because we, <laughs> me and Catherine know how nuts it is when you move house and to, to give us some of your time. Um, well, right, well, listen, this is, I'm glad you said that because we were so... Ex- honestly, we, we play Going to Change the World as, as, as the, the unofficial theme tune. We've got about three or four unofficial theme tunes and that, that's the one we play a lot. And I, I grew up listening to kind of Neil Diamond and Dr Hook and Matt Munro and Dean Martin and, you know, those kind of singers. Sure. Um, so I, I, I was thrilled that you were going to come on the show, but I was so gutted when I read that you'd stop touring. But... Me and Catherine, if you don't mind, we're going to come along and see you next year, Matt. You come along as my guest, my friend, oh, and you come backstage. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll do that. And, and I tell you what, if we're still on the air this time next year, who knows? Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you in a little bit closer to the date, as, dates as well and um, give it a good old plug. Well, if I'm alive, I'll be, I'll be happy to do it for you. <laughs> Fantastic. And, Go on. And I'll tell you something very quickly. As yes, you mentioned, mate. it's not about Brexit tonight and everything else. Yeah. Change the world was a change of direction for my dad. It was a protest song. Yeah. It was a protest song, and it never became a hit, but it became a turntable hit by the DJs up and down the country, and it became a massive, massive song for Dad. It's... I love it, right? And we... (laughs) This sounds so... We deconstructed it about a month ago. We went through it line by line on air because me and Catherine were arguing about what it meant, and and I love it so, so much. I've loved it for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's... it's, um, It it does feel like, you know, Matt Munro and Frank Sinatra sitting around going, hey, this kid Dylan's doing something with these protest songs. We should should, um, get groovy and cut (laughs) one of those. But it's such a great song. But also what 
what's unusual for your dad is that it's so up-tempo and so, not just the subject matter, but the whole sound and the... T- obviously, we know him for these lush, wonderful, lush ballads, but this yeah. kind of up-tempo dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum beat is... Um, yeah. he, he, he didn't do any other songs like that, did he? No. Um, he, he, did, he did an upbeat version of Mary Boy's Child. Right. Uh, he didn't like particularly religious Christmas songs, but that's what he did. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean... You've got to remember, Dad made it in the in the era. Of course, there was Sinatra and all of those around, but there was also people like Elvis Presley, the yeah. and the Beatles. So it was very difficult for a crooner to to stay around. So he was always looking to which direction to go um, when he came up with that. Matt, listen, uh, we love your dad uh, on this show, and and I've got to say, we love you as well. And it's it's so nice to talk to you. Um, nearer the time, um, get in touch. You've got Kath, you've, you and Matt have got details and things, haven't you? I know, I know someone who knows something. Right. It worked out beautifully. We were talking about we were talking about you and seeing how we could get hold of you. And I was drawing a blank, but someone was listening who yeah. worked with you, who put me in touch with someone who still works with you. And here you are. It's just brilliant when it works out that way. She's my PR lady. She's oh, brilliant. She, well, listen, Matt, uh, we'll make sure you stay in touch, mate. And we, the nearer the dates, um, we'll get you on. And me and Kath would love to come along and see one of the shows one night. Listen, it'll be a real pleasure because the show, the show but just so you know, is my dad's life story on video screen. Oh. It's, that... it's, it's incredibly emotional. I was about to say, even, I mean, gosh, what are we, 45 years later? Where are we? No, 35. I mean, let's, let's, let's take a decade off that. It's still, still a long time. 35 years later. That must be... Um, that must be, what's the word, hard, awkward, emotional? I don't know. To be stood there with videos of your dad behind you and talking about him, talking about him, that's got to be um, a, 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 an exhausting, um, emotionally thing to do. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the show is, it's narrated. I have a lady who narrates the show. Yeah. Uh, who also sings a couple of duets with me in the show as well, as well as sing on her own. And I sing and I talk about dad and do funny stories and everything else. But, of course, it's... Listen, I could have done this show um, 30 years ago and made a fortune, for, for want of a better word. Yeah. I purposely didn't do it because I've never been in this business to exploit my dad. It's all about my love for my dad, and I'm so proud that he is my dad. And when I put this show together, I thought, well, I'm going to retire. This is the time to do it. Mm. And this will be our fourth year doing it. And the audiences have loved it. Mm. I mean, seriously loved it. It's been, they said it's the most tender um, life story they've ever heard of anybody's life. And, uh, yes, it's emotional, but I sing with Dad again in the show. And, Beautiful. Uh, I'm back with my dad where it all began in 1977. Matt, we are um, a little bit older than 13 this time. I don't you know, not make too much about it, but time marches on. Matt, so nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing the memories of your dad. Thanks for letting us know about your career, and I look forward to speaking to you and meeting you next year, mate. Thank you. Ian, Catherine, thanks for having us on your show, and I am alive. There we go. <laughs> Matt Runro Jr. is alive. It's official and exclusive. What a nice man. I mean, yeah. what, what did we expect? Some some hard-nosed. So, what a nice man, and what? well, that's great. We're going to go and see the show next year. Sure. Thank you, Matt. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Lots of love to you and your family. Right, we're going to take calls straight to air in a second. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. We are Talk Radio. 